Today's scripture reading is from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. If you have a church Bible, you can turn to page 801, and if you need one, just raise your hand and Andy will give you one. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear, and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. The word of the Lord. Have you ever gotten a letter from someone that's four or five pages long? What, what do you do when you get a letter like that? I was hoping that Andrew was here tonight. I could pick on him, but he's not. So, uh, Joe, what do you do when you get a letter? You read it. You read it. Uh, most of us would read the whole thing, right? But uh, we would never just read one paragraph of the letter and then say, well, next week I'll read another paragraph, and then the following week I'll read another paragraph. Well, the book of Ephesians is a letter that Paul sent to the, to, the, to the church, to the early church, and it was meant to go from church to church. But the problem that we have is while we've been studying it is we've been taking it one piece at a time. And sometimes when you do that, you get lost in the details and you lose the whole main point of the book. And so before we begin with tonight's section, I want to do a review of the book. And this will be helpful to some of the people that are visiting and some of the new people, too, that haven't been here for the whole uh, time. Well, think of this letter as an orientation pamphlet. So imagine that you've just entered heaven and you're in heaven now and, and everybody has different ideas of what it's going to be like, right? But just say you walk in and it's kind of confusing because like you've never been to a place like that before. And the first thing that happens is somebody hands you a pamphlet and it has all of the instructions you know, where, where's the, if Andrew was here once again, where's the best place to get wings and um, different things like that. Where do you eat? Where do you go? Where is Jesus? We want to find him. So you'd take the pamphlet and you'd read it and you'd study it. Well, Paul's letter to the Ephesians is kind of a pamphlet like that. He's writing about this new society, this church, this new church. It begins by talking about all of the blessings that God 
has for us. So this first section in the book is about the benefits of being in this new kingdom. And it says that God has chose us before the creation of the earth. So God chose us. It starts off with that saying that we're the chosen people, that God has chosen us to live in this new society. And he sent his son to die for our sins. So now we can live in this society without guilt, without condemnation. We can live here and be happy and blessed. He sent his son to die for our sins. And because of that, God now calls us to be righteous in spite of our sins, in spite of the fact that we're not perfect. God calls us as though we are perfect in his sight. And then it tells us that God has adopted us into his family. So no longer are we strangers and alienated from God as the people were before Jesus died. But now we have been adopted into God's family. And with that adoption comes a lot, a lot of benefits that we now will inherit all of what Jesus has. All of what God has for Jesus available is now available to us. And along with that, we get to spend eternity with God in heaven. So that's the first section listing all of the benefits. And then Paul, he's so excited about all that God has done for us, that he praises God and he prays. Paul prays that we would fully understand these things that God has done for us. And of course, that's the whole purpose of preaching all of this week after week is, is uh, our goal is that you would understand all of this and you'd be excited like Paul is excited. He prays that, that our eyes would be opened and that we would be excited too. The mystery of God's salvation has been revealed to us. And that's a, a really important thing. All of this God's mercy and his grace to us, toward us just overwhelmed Paul. Paul was just overwhelmed when he was seeing this new kingdom of God that was this new society, the church. And so Paul tried to build up our faith so that we in return would bring honor to God. So that's kind of what this section of, the, of it is. And as I said, the main theme is that those who believe in Jesus are now part of this new society. And this new society is made up of all peoples who put their trust in Jesus. So this was a totally new society. Before this, there were Jews and there were Gentiles. Uh, there all different people were from all different ranks of society. They were separate. But now there's one society made up of Jews and Gentiles. Everyone that believed in Jesus and put their trust in him now became part of this. And God's Holy Spirit, which used to just fall on the prophets, was now going to indwell each of the believers. Each person in this new society would have full access to God through his spirit. Imagine getting a letter saying that the Holy Spirit was now going to live inside of you. It's pretty amazing when you think about it. But when we read it, for some reason, we don't get that excited about that for some reason. And yet that's an incredible reality that God's Holy Spirit now dwells 
within us. And so Paul was really excited. The next section of the letter is the structure of the letter. The structure, not the structure of the letter, the structure of this new society, the church. Paul went on to describe it. He said there would be now God-appointed leaders in, in the church. And we talked about that. There would be pastors, evangelists, um, teachers. But each person in the church would have gifts too. So you'd see some people would be gifted in, uh, in pastoring. Uh, some people would be gifted in, in leading worship. Some people would be gifted in administration. And all of the gifts of all the people in this new society would fit together to make a real strong bond within that society. All of us were to use our gifts and be potted. And we to be one body that was united in purpose, and our purpose was to bring glory to God. This new society was so, it was like the old society in the Garden of Eden. So you remember the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve lived in perfect harmony with God. Well, this new society, now that Jesus had died on the cross and had been resurrected, was to be like that one that was taken away. And it was also to be a picture of the new society of heaven. So the church, if you're thinking what's heaven like, well, here it is right here. This is to be a little picture of it. Now, in, okay, I don't want to say it doesn't really look that good, you know, but it, it could. It, it has all of the potential. That's the whole point of Paul's letter, is our church has all of the potential of being just like heaven, has all of the potential, most of the potential. Let's go on record as saying most of the potential. And there'd be full unity in this new society. And this unity, this is one of the things that Paul called us to, was unity. The structure of this church, this new society, would be all the people would unite themselves together. This unity would Unity would be formed by people who fully loved each other, who fully loved each other in a way that they put each other first. They didn't think of themselves first. They thought of the other people first. They would forgive each other. Why? Why do we forgive each other? Because God has forgiven us. And if God can forgive us of our sins, then we, in turn, can forgive other people of their sins. They would be, it would be made up of people who would submit to each other. And we submit to each other because God's son, Jesus, was willing to submit to the cross. He was willing to do that for us. This society now, this church, was to be totally different than the outside world. It wasn't to be the same. The people outside, outside of the church, their number one concern, concern is themselves. They don't submit at all. They argue about what truth is and what lifestyles are acceptable. But this new society has a higher standard than the world. We have a higher standard of morality than the world. We submit to our elders within the church as they submit to God. Now, an example of how God ordained leadership doesn't work is found in the book of in the book of Exodus so 
when the people, uh, the Israelites, were living in Egypt, you remember, God sent Moses to call them out and to bring them out of, of Egypt into the promised land. So they received a prophet who was going to take them a leader. When they got into the desert, they decided that they weren't going to follow this leader. And so what happened? God had sent them a leader who was supposed to lead them straight from Egypt, straight into the promised land. And it would have taken three weeks to get there. But for 40 years, because of their disobedience and their lack of faith, they wandered around in circles in the desert, and every one of them died, except for two who trusted God fully. And they were the only ones to see the promised land. And my question is, for you, would you, if you were back there, would you have made it to the promised land? Would you be one of the people that would have walked by faith and followed the leaders? Or would you have been one of the people that, that complained and, why have you taken us out here? We're all going to die. Would this church make it to the promised land back then? I would hope so, but who knows? Well, this new society was to be totally different. And it wasn't even to have a hint of immorality. And Martin Luther said that the world could never follow the laws or the rules that God has given to the church. They just couldn't do it. They don't have the strength. They don't have God's Holy Spirit. We're people who have God's Holy Spirit, and we are the people that are to live by God's standards. These people that were called to this new society were to be holy as God is holy. This new society was not to be influenced by the world, but was to be an influence to the world. And then it goes on to talk about relationships. The next section of the letter talks about relationships, and it, it tells wives to submit to their husbands and husbands to love their wife. It, but in this new society, this was totally different. Wives were no longer pro treated as proper property. They were treated as human beings. This new church and this new church, everyone was to treat everyone the same with respect. This kind of mutual submission and love at that time was revolutionary. So today, so that's kind of the, the bring you right up till today, the review. Today, we're going to be talking about parents and children and other relationships. But first, I want to say a few words about how Paul ends the letter so that you'll know where we're going next week. Paul tells us in the last section to put on the full armor of God. And as I said, this new society was to be like the Garden of Eden. It was to be like that old society back in the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, Eve was deceived by Satan, if you remember, by the serpent. In this new society, God didn't want that to happen again. So he gave us protection. He gave us this full armor that we could wear to protect ourselves against the enemy. So that's the full picture of the book of Ephesians. So now, 
I want to read the first four verses of our section of a scripture that we're going to be looking at today. And so it's Ephesians 6, 1 to 4, and we've already heard it, but I want to read it again. It says, children, obey, <clears throat> excuse me. children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in training and instruction of the Lord. This new society, as I said, was revolutionary. Not only were wives to be treated well, but children were also to be treated well. I know this section begins by saying children are to obey their parents, but this was nothing new at that time for children to obey their parents. In fact, at that time, if parents didn't like what children did, they could beat them and they could kill them, and no one would say a thing. So that was pretty harsh before this. In fact, in the Old Testament, if a, if a child couldn't be disciplined, if a teenager couldn't be disciplined, the parent's responsibility was to bring that child out and kill them and have the whole community kill that child. That's how you got kids to behave in those days. <laughs> I, I, I want to take a little break so it doesn't sound real serious, you know. But it was true. That, is, that was the method that they had. They had that method for grown-ups, too. If grown-ups didn't behave themselves in society... They took them out to the edge of the camp, and people stoned them to death. This is how they got people to behave. So, anyway, um, but this was, this was new now. This new society was good news if you were a child. If you were, you were a child in this time after Jesus, J Paul was saying to the people, no longer... Can you beat your children? No longer should you ch kill your children, but you're to treat them fairly, treat them gently. They were to teach their children and to correct them in love. This new society would be one which parents would consider their children as equal members of the church and God's family. Children were equal with their parents in value, and yet they have a different role with it or a different position. And so Paul tells children to obey their parents. Children are to obey their parents. In this new society, all people are called to the same behaviors. Children, parents, Wives, husbands, those behaviors are submission and respect, and respect, and those are the things that bring unity to the home. And that unity is also brought to the church. Paul says that children are not only to obey, but they're to honor their parents. Children are to bring honor to their parents. Um, <clears throat> you do this by being respectful, by doing things that are right, 
and being children that your parents would be proud of. And you're not only to do this while you're children, but you do this your whole life. So even as you get older, you should be bringing honor to your parents. You should be living lives that your parents will look at you and say, you know what, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of how you're living. I'm proud of how you're raising your children. I'm proud of the person that you've turned out to be. Parents are to build up their children and help them to be all that they can be in the Lord. Children are a gift of God, and it's our responsibility to help them to reach their full potential. Being a young person isn't really that easy, is it? For you young people, is being young easy? Mm. It wouldn't be if when you were bad, your parents beat you up and killed you, would it? <laughs> so you can, you can be thankful for this letter that Paul sent. Your life is easier because of this new society. Now, one of the things that you can do to help your children when they are being disrespectful or they do something that deserves punishment uh, we don't need to be punishing our children all the time. And one of the things that you can do when your child does something that's wrong, you can use that as an opportunity to talk to them about the Lord. Remember that while you were yet a sinner, Jesus was willing to die for you because he loved you. He was willing to forgive your sins. So when your child does something wrong, sometimes... And you kids are going to like this if it happens. When you do something wrong, sometimes your parents can just talk to you about how God forgave their sins. And this time, we're going to forgive your sins so that you understand what it's like to be forgiven. Children need to learn that. Kids remember when parents forgive them. And they remember the things that parents say to them. Your goal for your children is to have them become a working part of this new society, the church, so that when your children are a little older, they become the leaders of this church or whatever church that they're in. Now I want to read from Ephesians 6, 5 to 9. Goes on to slaves. Slaves... Obey your earthly masters with respect and fear, with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your hearts. Serve them wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whatever they, whether they, I'm sorry, whether they are slaves or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. In this new society, 
not only wives were raised up to a higher standard and children were raised up to a higher place and treated with love and respect, but now slaves were to be part of the church and part of this new society and have the same rights as their masters within this new society. Many would think this was crazy at this time. At this time, the whole area, the whole world was run with slavery and and brutality. But Paul is calling us to a different way. Christians were now uh, to treat their slaves as though they were brothers. In fact, in the church, a, a slave could have a position that was higher than you. So if, if you had a slave, there's no reason why that person couldn't be your pastor at the church. And so you would have in the church, you would have someone that was actually your slave over you in position within the church. And not only in the church, but when you went home, he would still be your spiritual pastor. And you would have to submit to that. No longer could you treat slaves as property. No longer could you abuse them. Now in this new society, you were to consider their needs and their desires too. And so things changed at that time. This new society was revolutionary in that things began to change. People who had slaves now began to train their slaves in a trade. And then in love, just let them go when they were able to make their own living. You could see that this society was revolutionary. Paul doesn't address whether slavery was right or wrong at the time. It was just how society worked. But the Jews and the Christians all understood that all people were created in the image of God. This type of slavery that we've had in America and is in some countries today is clearly wrong by all biblical standards. Now, I want to go back to Adam and Eve when they sinned in the garden. So that's the first picture of of a perfect society, isn't it? The Garden of Eden. So when Adam and Eve were in in the garden and they sinned, the first thing you see is blame casting. When God came to Adam and Eve after they ate of the fruit, God said, sort of like, what's up, guys? And Adam... Uh, Eve Eve said, well, the serpent deceived me. The serpent told me stuff and he deceived me. And and God looked to Adam and Adam said, well, you know, the woman that you gave me, she she told me to eat this apple. So it's kind of like your fault, God. It's either her fault or your fault. It's not my fault. What did I do? I just listened to this woman. And so there there was blame casting in the first society. And then after blame came the rest of the sins. After that one sin, sin into the world, and then there was killings, there was lust, there was stealing. All of that sin did so much damage to that new society that God kicked them out into the world. But now Jesus had died that we would be free from all of that and that we could come back into a society that worked the same way 
as the Garden of Eden. In this new society, God is giving us a second chance to have it all back just as it was in the kingdom. All of the blessings of God are now available to us. You don't see them all, do you? You don't see them all. But that's because you're not living according to the book. It's not, you've got to get rooted into this new society deeper to receive all of the blessings. Each of us needs to step up to the plate and act like the people that God has called us to be. We're created in God's image and we're called to live holy lives as he is holy. For many of us, in many churches, many people, people just go to church. But God never intended for us to go to church. God intended for us to be the church. God never intended for us to live all week out in the world and then come to church on Saturday or Sunday. God intended for us to be the church, to be his new society, to live holy as he is holy. This new society was bought with a high price. It was bought with the blood of Jesus. This church that we are in today, the fact that we can come together in this church today was bought with the blood of Jesus. How has the death of Jesus changed your life? I want you to think about that. How has the death of Jesus changed your life? Has it made a difference? Has it made a difference in this church? Are we just people who come to church? Are we people that are transformed by Jesus? Are we people who are transformed by having God's Holy Spirit living within us? This new society was bought with a high price. This new society has benefits of giving us the best that God has to offer on earth and the benefit of eternal life with God. We can make this church and this new society into a perfect place by loving each other fully, by respecting each other fully, by submitting to each other fully, by treating our wives with full respect, by wives uh, respecting their husbands, by our work relationships, by honoring those that we work for, we can make this new society, the church, into a picture of both the Old Testament in the Garden of Eden and also make it into a picture of the new kingdom that is to come. Are you, part, are you ready to be part of this revolution? This new society is based on a divine unity that comes from mutual love and submission. Paul was extremely excited about this. He was extremely excited about this new church and this book of Ephesians. I hope you'll go home and read it this week one more time and just see this whole letter that he was excited, so excited. And he, his prayer was that you too would be excited about this and that you would live in a way that would be so different from the world, and that by doing that, you would be totally 
blessed. As you go out into the world this week, I, w- I would ask you to ask the question one more time. One more time I'll say that you, how has the death of Jesus changed your life? Think about that this week. How has the death of Jesus changed our church? Thank you. God bless you.